welcome to Where's My Blueprint podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, episode 14. We are all glad y'all are here to eavesdrop on our conversation about some money today. So, but first, a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. It's good to hear from you. This episode is sponsored by Divine Timing. It is your one-stop shop for all things adulting. They have digital planners, journals, all kinds of things on the website. You guys can go to fearforme.com. That's fear, the number four, me.com. Type in this coupon code, write it down. Are you ready? WMB22. Save yourself some coins, put it in at checkout, get your lives together, and let's get some money. So as y'all know, we start every episode with a quote. Today, our quote is by Will Rogers. Too many people spend money they earn to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. Uh, yeah. So I love this quote because it just reminds me of keeping up with the Joneses when you have those friends or people that you know that literally do not have the money, but on Instagram, they look like they live in the best life. And you're like, you know, I know you in real life. I know you in real life. And that's not your real life. So what do y'all think about that? So I spend too much money to buy things I don't need but I definitely want like I ain't about to spend money to flex on somebody else I want all the things and I buy all the things because I don't need all the things but that's just I live in a world where both of those things exist where I know these people who bitch and moan about their finances and what they can afford and this that and the other and then in the same conversation two hours later talk about how they spent money on such and such because so and so shoes are cute and I'm like okay why for That, that makes no sense me personally I will buy things because I like them. Most of my money goes to food. That's just what that is. That's the life that I live. But that's because I want them and not because I saw it on Instagram and I thought it was cute and I want to flex. I couldn't tell you the last post I made. I've just lurked. I am a lurker too. So since we are talking about that money, 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 money. But I wanted to talk to y'all like, you know, in college we are, I can't speak for both of y'all, but in college was a very life lesson for me of learning how to deal with money and understanding that Roman noodles can be very, very, delicate if you you know dress it up (laughs) but life after college is what we're going to be talking about today dealing with money but before we even start with that I wanted to ask y'all either or if you had a choice with the information you know now because I know both of (laughs) y'all would you go back to college and do it all over again or would you go back to high school but if you go back to high school you can do high school all over but you still have the same college experience college all day baby yeah high school was lit but I'm gonna do college over for sure with what if with the information I know now I'm gonna do college over. so I'm weird I will do college all over and I probably will end up in a worse space than I am today because I I told 
y'all. I was the studious one. I was the one, and I know we'll probably get into this later on the episode. I had three jobs taking 18 credit hours. Like I was that kid. So if I go back to college, oh, it's going to be lit. Like I'm about to do it up. I'm about to be on the precipice of flunking a couple times. Like I'm going to get all of the college experience that I was too like goody goody to experience. Mm-hmm. I'm going to not go to the college I went to. I'm going to go to an HBCU. I'm going to play the sorority. Yes. I'm about to, it's about Absolutely. to be a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Nay started us with it and I love it because she is right. Like if I, for my choice, mine would be to do college over and hands down, I will be at HBCU. My HBCU of choice would probably be Xavier. However, I don't even know if they're still open now because of everything that happened in New Orleans. But yeah, I would definitely go to HBCU versus the school I went to. Yeah, I would definitely do college over. And like, just like both of you ladies, I wouldn't be working all the time. I wouldn't be, I partied, but I would definitely be like, forget this class. I'm going to this cute party over here. Forget this. Like I am living the best college experience, right? I'd, I'd go to an HBCU a hundred percent. And I would probably either go to FAMU or I would go to, huh, I'd probably go to Clark. <laughs> In Atlanta. Yeah, I would go to the Black Mecca. I'm going to Howard all day. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Chocolate that's, City. Oh, it's Chocolate cold City. over there, though. Girl, I'm from Kentucky. Oh, that's <laughs> what's, right. What's the East Coast? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So as we all know, with college, we'll do over. So what would you say is like your blueprint go- growing up or going into college of like learning money and understanding that money is a tool? Um, I feel like I had a pretty good blueprint um, about money money and everything I was just personally broke because <laughs> my parents had money but you know in the black household your parents got money that don't mean you got money that's the same money so I was my parents were for the most part always available if I needed help but I didn't want to ask them for help so my college experience and my after college experience is girl you need to be on this grind and get it how you live because ain't no running back home to mama and daddy like you grown if you gonna be grown you need to act grown and do grown things. Like that was my whole thing. If I'm going to call myself grown, then I need to, you know, embark on grown people responsibility and grown people actions. Grown people don't run to their mama and daddy at the first sign of distress. They get it how they live and they get on their grind. Yeah. Your parents' money is not your money. That's definitely a lesson. For me, I had a lot of instances where like I knew, I was close, I'm close to both my parents. I knew that I could contact my dad if I needed something, but I'm not calling my mom because she would give me the same spiel. Independent, you're an adult, make better decisions, blah, blah, blah. Those student refund checks from them student loans kept me alive. That's all I'm saying. Even though I had three jobs, I was taking 18, 20 some hours, like a crazy, insane person at school as well. But like that, I definitely didn't have any sort of, or if I did have a structure of like budget and trying to, you know, make whatever money you get work better, I definitely didn't utilize it because I got a refund check for a couple thousand dollars and this coach purse is on sale. So that's what happened. Well, well, I do like how y'all both said like you understand real quickly that your parents' money is your parents' money and your money is your money, especially if you're like starting to work and things like that. Did y'all have did y'all have a car when y'all went to college? No. Not not initially because my brother, who's two years, well, 18 months older than me, we went to the same college. Ooh. So but <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was tagging along with him and I lived on campus the first year at the college I went to all freshmen had to stay on campus or you had to pay astronomical for um, the second tier house so it wasn't really a necessity for me to have a car but I eventually got one same uh, freshman year freshmen were not allowed to have cars we had to stay on campus housing and I happened to pick the the brand new dorm that was actually across the freeway so not actually on campus I had to take the bus to class like the little shuttle bus or whatever because I needed to be in the newest most fancy things some bougie but whatever but yeah I didn't get a car until maybe late sophomore year because we, we had a bus system so even though I didn't stay on campus my second year we could take the shuttle and I could still get to class without technically having to have a vehicle but when you guys got a car did you guys work to save up for this car or did you know your parents like we see you doing good work here's a car none of those <laughs> Did you inherit a car? Innocent, innocent. So my college experience was odd because two weeks right before finals, my freshman year is when my dad had his car accident. And so eventually it got to a point where we needed another vehicle. So she went on a leap of faith, went to the dealership, traded in her car for a new one and then bought her car back with like no money down or anything. And then so I got her car because we needed to be able to make our rounds and going to the hospital for therapies and things like that. So I kind of inherited it and I kind of got it out of necessity. Honestly, so in college, I had both experiences. I have both my bachelor's and my master's. So, my bachelor, my family did the down payment for my car. My dad, I think, co signed it. And no, it ain't no heart because I was responsible for all of those payments and the insurance after that. Mm. So, yes, thank, thank you, family. But it's like that's why I said had to grind because I had to pay rent, pay utilities, pay car notes, pay insurance, pay gas, pay oil changes, maintenance, that type of thing. My graduate school graduation bachelor's present my dad got me a car so brand new um I think it was a 2011 and I got it in like 2012 and I'm still driving it to this day because it's a Nissan and Nissan's unless you are horrible with it they keep on tick got over a thousand miles but we still in there that's interesting you brought up how you had to in college learn how to do a lot of budget but also how to learn about money if you were doing learning how like the gas the oil chains, paying rent, paying your car note, paying car insurance, which is a whole entire thing about, ugh, yeah. So that's awesome that you learned that. Did you learn, did you ask your parents, hey, can y'all teach me how to do this? Or did you just figure it out? You just like help? Or did you go to like the career counselor? Because I feel like at my college, we had career counseling where they can like help you with the finances and stuff like that. If you utilize those resources. No, I think, um, you know, last episode we touched on it, just watching my mom pay bills and all of those things I just mentioned are bill. So, you know, you got money, you got bills, A plus B better equal C. <laughs> you better <laughs> use that money to pay them bills. And I think that, you know, solidified my thought process of all my bills need to be paid um, before I kind of pay myself almost to some extent because my parents lived three hours away. And yes, my brother was in the same city, but he had his own life, home experiences, own bills and everything else. So it wouldn't know go down the street if a bill is due and be like mom and daddy where the petty cash at pay my bill okay. not the petty cash <laughs> not the petty cash I know I was like where the petty cash at <laughs> and you said you both worked multiple jobs during college yeah how were they like similar to like work study jobs or were they actually like legit I mean work study jobs are legit jobs but they're more flexible with college students right or were they actually like retail or fast food straight up retail I had a job on campus at the coffee shop I had a job at a retail clothing store and then a job at a jewelry store. Yeah, see, I applied 
for all them work goody jobs and all them on campus jobs and they weren't trying to holler at you girl so my sophomore year well before my sophomore year um I started working at Bath and Body Works in my hometown and then what they don't tell you is Bath and Body Works are one of those jobs where they transfer to other locations so when it came time for school to start my manager at the time knew the manager at the school um in the city at the school I was going to so I transferred there worked there and then another year I was working at Bath and Body Works part-time the bookstore for I think a semester and then I ended up working retail at the ice I don't know if they still in business but I was yeah and then I moved in icing I think maybe my senior year or possibly for grad school and just became like a 30 manager there and then I got rid of all the other jobs but at that time it was just icing in Bath and Body Works retail all the way gotcha gotcha. oh as y'all life out the college right you get your first job you feel like yeah I'm an adult what did that look like and did y'all talk about pay or with your co-workers or anything but what did that first job look like after college I think for me it was like because I had I'd had I went from having three jobs and a full-time schedule to like a full-time job and that was it and I was like I was bored weirdly enough because I I'd been going, I'd been on this grind for three or four years between all of my credits for school, between my multiple jobs. Mind you, my father's still in the hospital at this point. He was in the hospital for two years consecutively. So going to and from the hospital in between all that, I was always on the go. I had a whole closet full of clothes in my car because I was in my car more than I was at my apartment. And so when I only had just the one job to go to and I had all this other free time, I was like, what am I supposed to do now? So I'm like picking up extra jobs just because I don't know anything else and that was a weird adjustment to have to get into that mode and try to figure out okay this job will take care of such and such bills and then this job can be like fun money or whatever that method didn't really last long but that like that first job out of college was that was an interesting adjustment at least for me so my first job out of college I knew for a fact that I was tired of working retail and I wanted to work in the field I have a social work degree so what did that look like well entry level in the field looked like nay working at a residential treatment facility for a kiddo <laughs> second shift and I remember clear as day the person who interviewed me was like yeah you know you seem like a nice girl I don't know if you gonna make it because if you can't be bit bit on whatever whatever this ain't the job for you and I know it sounds harsh but she was just being honest like residential treatment facilities turnover is Hi. ridiculous and yeah. you're dealing with traumatized kids like they don't need somebody to keep coming in and out of their lives so while it was very very stark and blunt I appreciate her because that made me have to do some soul searching like, hey, is this something you can truly handle? And if not, you need to go elsewhere. That is That's a, a good point. Yeah. I wish when I did my internship at a residential facility, I wish they would have told me that before I th- took the internship. Like, I wish they would have said that. Oh, it was a black lady. So. Oh, lucky. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Mine was not. She was white. And she was like, oh my gosh, yo, this is great. Which is awesome because I did play therapy and stuff with that. But like you said, the traumatized, like the behaviors and that part, you should be warned or prepared for. But neither here or there. For me, my first job coming out was as a child life specialist. So coming out of that right into the hospital, um, I think for me, my huge adjustment wasn't the busy, busy, busy because a child life specialist, you're extremely busy. It was the, for me, um, really advocating 
motivating for other people. And then having to really understand like you're not in college anymore. So you don't get a spring break. <laughs> don't when school's over, you still got to work. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then I learned in the ER, it don't shut down. This is 24 hours. <laughs> like I, I think that was my large or the hardest transition that I had to realize of like the real world versus when you're still in school and college and you're like, oh, I get a spring break. So I know like in March, I ain't got to deal with y'all for a week. No, I still had, I'm on internship. My friends are still at home or on the beach or something like that. And I'm like, why am I still here? Mm-hmm. But part of adulting. You learn that they didn't prepare me for that, but you learn, right? When you guys were coming out of college and you got your first job and y'all are working, working, working three to five years in, did you think that (laughs) the calculations that are going on? I'm trying trying to have flashbacks. You're like three to five years in. Is that something that you're like, oh man, I'm so glad I got my degree in this and I like what I'm doing. Or you're like, "Mm, send help, please. So the crazy thing is in those three to five years, I had two jobs, volunteer work and got married and moved to a different state. So my three to five years, that's why I was doing the calculations. Like a lot of life happened in three to five years for me. So maybe I'm... I'm not the best person to answer this question. Well, did you at least in those three to five years with the job you were working? Um, well, did you think you were like, no job? No, what, what no, which about? one? Well, were you in both? Uh, were they both social worker jobs? Yeah. So at the residential treatment facility I went to, I went from a um, like just a residential aide to a therapist with the foster care department for that, that residential treatment facility. And then that was about three years. And then I moved a state over and got married and then I did volunteer work working with children with developmental behavior and emotional needs um the little babies 18 to 3 oh baby babies did you like doing that I loved it that's why I love working with little bitties with special needs because it just shows you how really and truly common behavioral developmental and emotional like disorders are and how these are still just little kids they just learn differently, behave differently, or are developing at a not typical rate. But they're still joys. They're still playful. They still have all of the personality. So I think it normalized mental illness or mental disorders and learning disorders for me, which is great being a parent. I don't have all of those stigmas associated with, well, what if my child is diagnosed with this? What if my child is diagnosed with that? That's a whole nother different market. Okay. <laughs> That's another episode. You. For me right now is, is I'm in a sin help please situation but (laughs) I think between the three of us I think I might be the only one that did not work in the field that my degree is in I think you guys are mainly in the general vicinity of what you guys got a degree I veered all the way left and not because I just changed my mind and I decided to do a different course of action honestly a lot of that was fear-based because at this point I'd lost my father and my degree is in theater so my goals of going to like and I had plans to go to like a specific school 
school in New York and study in New York or however long that would take me and then maybe eventually transfer or, you know, transition to LA. But then having that giant loss in my life for somebody that was super close made me reorganize my priorities. And so I decided to stay closer to home and well, actually move back home because at that point my mother would have been by herself and I didn't want her to be by herself. So I had moved back home and I stayed in the retail route up until about five-ish or six years ago um, when I veered into a different direction, the, the industry that I'm in now. So yeah, that's definitely not anything that I thought that it would be. It was definitely different being no longer in school, being in the workforce and just doing something that I liked to do because I like people and I liked interacting with people. And I mean, working in the mall is fun because you get all kinds of discounts in the food court, but that's beside the point. But um, it wasn't where my heart was, but it just, it did what it needed to do at the time. I didn't income, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like at this point or even when you first got out of college, do you think you had the same similar mindset around money that your parents did? I think I possibly had the same money mindset as my mom. Um, For me as a child, what I witnessed, which may or may not be accurate or the whole picture, it seemed like she was in charge of the finances. And I feel like I took after her in that regard. I wish I had more of a specific answer because a lot was happening in my life at that time. I don't recall specifically paying attention to that back then. But I do know that my dad, between the two of my parents, between the two of them, my mom was very practical. She was very much, you get, you know, a practical job, make sure you get some health insurance, you can take care, you know, make sure you're covered in case anything happens, blah, blah, blah. And my dad was very much the more dreamy, entrepreneurial type of person. So he was into getting, you know, a side hustle or starting a business or having some other type of income stream. But I never really saw them really hunkered down on that. I just, there were just kind of like ideas that had been circulating. So at the point that I had gotten out of college and I was working these jobs, I was kind of torn between having something where I could still be practical, still have my insurance and make sure I'm covered, but actually still do something that I like to do and make a business out of it. So those are the two things that I've taken from my parents. And I feel like more so now I'm able to implement a lot more of those principles more specifically than I did. Because back then after losing him and everything that happened in that aftermath, there was just so much going on. I really couldn't tell you specifically what lessons or things that I picked up or implemented at that time. That was just kind of survival mode, if that makes sense. And, and adjusting to a new normal. So if you both had to tell a new a newbie who's like, I graduated college, yay, I'm ready for life. What would be one actionable step you would tell them regards to understanding money and and using money as a tool do not get that credit card that they're giving you for that free t-shirt when you go to orientation what i don't know if you remember when you would go to orientation they usually had this at the first of the year or something where these companies are trying to get people to sign up for whatever and they'll give you like a free t-shirt or they give you some sort of merch or something like that and it's like a credit card application and then next thing you know you have a bunch of credit cards and you just spend the money just to be spending it so here's my advice either A, don't get it until you get your life together. Or B, if you get one, understand that your utilization rate needs to be under 30% and you can utilize... And there are different types of cards that have different benefits, right? And finding the benefits that best serve you so that you understand how they work as tools. This is one thing I did not know back then that bit me in both of my butt cheeks 
after college because now they're like, oh, great. Now you got to pay money. And now they're taking money from my checking account to pay for like it was a whole thing. So that would be my advice is to really understand the types of cards that are out there. And if you get one or two for emergency purposes or whatever, make sure you understand exactly how they work and how to work the system so that they benefit you because you're you, you're supposed to use these as tools. They're great tools. It's not that credit cards are bad. You just have to understand how they work. So y'all know me forever the renegade of the trio. If there was somebody who came to me freshly graduated from college and like now I'm adulting, what's some money advice you can give me right off the bat? I'm either going to say one or two things. Either one is, well, honey, you already screwed because you've been an adult for quite some time. And I'm pretty sure you had bills and money and stuff in college. So right now we're on cleanup duty because if you ask him this question after the fact, then I'm pretty sure it's a whole cop club worth of foolishness under them. Or if they're asking this question, then their college has been taken care of. And I'm like, well, what did you do? Because you've pimped the system and having all of your things paid for, not out of pocket, be it scholarship, be it whatever, you finesse and figured out how to already make somebody else's money work for you. So what did you do in that regard? And how can we flip that into the real world where you're the one generating it? I think you said something so awesome is that if you're in college and after college and you're now entering quote unquote, the real world, right? If you haven't figured it out in college, then now we're on cleanup duty. I think that's so interesting because there are so many college students that, and I can speak for me and my experiences, like you are literally living day by day. Like <laughs> you got a job, but you're having this balance of, I want to be, I'm free. I want to <laughs> live my life, but I do want to party. I want to wear the cute outfits. I need to call, or what is it called? My little sister just told me this website. Shein? Oh, Shein. Damn, yeah. I wish I had Shein back in the day. I'm telling you. Man. And yes. And side note, now you got some cute crop tops from there. So yes. Yes, Lord. <laughs> um, so like having, you know, this balance of like, you're trying to really be an adult, but there is literally no blueprint, no one talking to you, no one telling you and all your circle is doing the same thing. We all just really trying to survive and we're trying to make it look as pretty as possible. However, I really wish there were, and I, need to, I really wish it was some type of educational class that they have to take as freshmen. And it's not about just accounting freshmen or I mean, accounting and learning money, but literally you have to take a class that you get to learn money, how to utilize money. What does that look like? Which loan you should take out? Where this, what is it like subsidized versus unsubsidized government? How to make all of that. Like, I really feel like that should be included because um, we have so many kids in college just going day by day, but no one's teaching them the fundamentals, right? I'm about to sound like the old man standing on the porch yelling everything. But historically, that was life skills in high school. Like that's where you're supposed to learn all of those different things so that when it comes time for college, or if you don't go to college and you just immediately go into the workforce, you'll already have the tools to be equipped to make those decisions and to do those things. But unfortunately, they've taken life skills out of high school or they have thoroughly stripped and sanitized those things so that's why we're in the state we're in so i'm gonna ask you another question just follow up do you think it really is the school or is that 
something that parents should be teaching? I feel like it's both because it's unfair to assume that for one, everybody's parents knows those skills themselves or B, that everybody's parents has the time to teach those things. Um, Unfortunately, 1% has like 90% of the wealth in this country. So a lot of parents are just trying to make sure food is on the table, lights are turned on. They don't have the time or the energy to do that, unfortunately. I mean, it's just the capitalistic society that we live in. But I also feel like if school, if you are in school eight to 10 hours a day, learning life skills is a little bit more important than four years of math of some sort. And by math, I mean more than just the add, subtract, divide, multiply, but you're doing C equals da 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 da, da Pythagorean theorem. I'm no architect. I ain't used Pythagorean theorem since I was in high school trying to learn it or trying to memorize all the elements in the periodic table. You know, when I use that, when I got my son this t-shirt from Walmart that has genius spelled out in the periodic table. But other than that, like it's unnecessary. So why don't we give actual things that will benefit the these kids who will later be adults in society instead of having them teach the common core and a test. But like I said, oh, woman yelling on court. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Um, I just saw on IG, which I'm so glad you said that. I saw on IG where this guy, this teacher had the problem of what you said of like these students are in my room all day, but they don't, they're not understanding money skills. So he created his own money system, like blue, like printed up money with his face on it. Right. And so the kids have to pay him rent every month they have to pay like they do different things in the class to earn money but then they pay quote unquote like bills in the school in the classroom and he was saying like it's so amazing because those kids are now learning basics on how to understand and deal with money but also the parents were actually talking to him and like oh my kid learned this and they're teaching me so yeah it's oh yeah we just need to restructure the whole entire educational system but we already understand that's a whole another episode so yeah we are going to move on <laughs> to moments of melanation moments of melanation moments of melanation is where we highlight a black person doing their thing today for moments of melanation we are highlighting y'all i am so excited about this moments of melanation today because this is a black owned comic publishing house and they do animation they are animation company founded by a married couple um and they close on a five hundred thousand dollar deal with kevin hart and mark cuban on an episode of shark tank if you guys want to look at that episode we'll have it linked in a blog but it's so awesome because they are the fastest growing comic publisher in the country that aims to educate people on black history and culture through their work. I know y'all can hear all my passion. I'm getting really excited, but if you guys actually see their work, their work is freaking amazing. And like they even have like the comic um, things on YouTube, like the actual, what is it called? Like the animation um, videos on YouTube and they're so cool. Um, But before I get like extremely a little bit more excited. They're all, they're called the Black Sands Entertainment. Ladies, what do y'all think about this? I really like seeing like black cartoons in kind of like this anime style type um, illustration. I just, I don't know. I think because believe it or not, a lot of people like read comic books and I think now more people are doing more of like the visual comic books and stuff like that. But being able to see like 
and being able for kids to have like these characters that they watch all the time that look like them and that have their same type of language and vibe and style and things like that. Like, I just think that's really dope. I think that's hella dope. So what I like about what they're doing is that they're actually using history and making it into a comic story. Like I was a PAS minor in high school, well, in college. So this information it's actually true to our history as Black people. And it just makes it blatantly obvious and clear that we don't need fictional superheroes, you know, to read about and aspire to be. Like, we can actually draw from our history, like factual history, and have awesome figures to look up almost as if they're mythical. It's, I don't know, it just makes me aware of the beauty and the pride I have with being Black. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And being able to see history that's not, that they're not going to get in school. Like, they're not going to get it in class. And it's this visual aid that they can actually see and be part of. And like that, I mean, I, I, I have no other words except for like, that's just like one of the dopest things that to exist. I agree. And I love it because like when you look at them, like the, um, they're in, they're like pharaohs, they're kings, they're queens. And it's like this dope history of like, this is really like our history. And to see it portrayed in representation matter, right? Um, to see it portrayed and you're like, man, this is my history. Like, yay. Just for me, it's really exciting because yeah. like you said, it's not something that they're going to teach in the schools. Um, and it's like, sometimes if your parents may not know everything, get this comic and really not just give your, get the comic and give your child and be like, here, read it. It's your history, but read it with them. Like yeah. really engage with it. Cause it's, some, it's really awesome. So yeah, they can learn together. Yes. Because with anything, yes, if you have the comic book, it's really, really cool and necessary to do the research behind it to make sure that it is factual and it's a way to make Black history 365 today. Absolutely. That part. So ladies, thank you for letting me share my exciting moment today. I feel like I geeked out on that. (laughs) But before we get to our affirmation, we have a word from our sponsors. We are Sure Refinement, and what we do is we help women move through their trauma and learn how to develop the self-love, self-worth, and self-belief within themselves. We can be found online at www.surerefinement.com, or you can shoot us a quick email at kb at surerefinement.com, or you can find us on Instagram at surerefinement underscore our affirmation that we'll end this episode on actually comes from a song on YouTube. And so we'll have all that linked in the blog. Um, But it is called Money is Coming to Me. Money is Coming to Me. And I do not own the rights of that song, but it's really cool. And if you are in this space of attracting, because again, we attract, we don't chase and money is coming to us. Go to the blog, get that link and listen to it in the morning. Listen to when you're in the shower, listen to before your bed, listen to while you're driving, listen to while you're applying for that job listen to it all the time because that is such a good link or a good song and it just talks about money's coming to me money's coming to me so yeah 
And with that, we want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. We, um, you can find us on Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts. Please interact with us, uh, like, follow, go to the blog, where's my blueprint pod.com and check out our blog, interact with us and leave us a comment. And we want to say thank you. And we are over and out. Bye. Peace out.